welcome to episode 144 of Let's Talk with Scoggs. This week I have Brooklyn duo Stolen Jars, Cody and Sarah. They have an album coming out called I Won't Let Me Down coming out this summer. I got to stream the album early in preparation for this conversation and I was just blown away. It is so beautiful. Their voices together sound beautiful. And I was really proud of myself because Cody said that before I could start gushing. I do gush because it really is beautiful. And we talked about some of the songs that are on the album that you'll have yet to hear. We discussed some that you can go listen to immediately. And please do. Somewhere Else is wonderful. Check them out on Instagram. Sarah, I asked her about her TikTok. She is hilarious. <laughs> And Cody, one of his projects that he works on as well is the Union of Musicians and Allied Workers. And I was just blown away by how informative that Instagram page is for consumers to understand all the ins and outs of the music industry so that we can better advocate for musicians and allied workers and have a better understanding of the role that we play as fans when we're going to shows, streaming music, all that stuff. So these two, between the two of them, there was so much to discuss, but my favorite part of the conversation was each of us sharing about validation, how we seek validation, especially me, or how we just feel about it. It's just an interesting topic and they had wonderful things to say. They also gave some wonderful advice about how to say no towards the end of our conversation. Really just enjoy it. Cody and Sarah, thank you so much. Stolen Jars, again, go stream it all. It's beautiful. But for now, here's episode 144 of Let's Talk with Scoggs with Stolen Jars. Are you, okay, so you're not together at the moment. Where are you each calling in from? Um, I'm in Park Slope in Brooklyn. And I'm in Flatbush in Brooklyn as well. Okay, East Coast. Did you guys grow up on the East Coast? Yeah, um, Mm -hmm. I grew up, I was born in New York, grew up in Montclair, New Jersey, and then moved back to Brooklyn, and then my parents also moved back to Brooklyn, and we're all in Brooklyn. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, and I'm from Westchester, I'm from Scarsdale, and I live in the city, and I live in LA sometimes, I'm sort of back and forth, so yeah. Great. Well, I will admit that uh, your project is new to me. I know there's a ton of music that I can go back and check out, but Jamie was kind enough to send me the new album, which I know isn't coming out until August. So I will Mm -hmm. be gentle about what things I say. I'll try to focus on what's (laughs) available. I don't want to ruin anything for anyone, but I do want to tell you exactly um, that I went to your Instagram page and it says, we make songs for you. And (laughs) after listening it really does feel like you made songs for me. Oh, that's, that's really so nice. <laughs> so thank you. And I'm so excited to get to go back and to dig into some other stuff. But um, I'm always curious, especially when it's duos. I don't know which of you loves to tell this story more than the other because I assume it gets a little annoying after a while. But I am new here. So can either of you tell me how Stolen Jar started, how you met, because it's such a special relationship um, with bands and co-collaborators, and I'm so interested in how those relationships form and progress. So whichever of you prefers to, to tell me, I'd love to know. 
Um, yeah, I can I can talk about it. Um, yeah, so the band is Stolen Jars is a thing that um, I made up when I was in high school, um, and it has gone through a million different iterations of mm-hmm. what that means from initially being like uh, a solo thing that I was doing then to like having one other collaborator who was singing vocals on that first record and then the band kind of live band kind of formed out of that and that band switched multiple times and um has come to this very true and honest formation of it which is Mm. me sarah um and elias are kind of the the main uh songwriters and producers and um you know of of the project and then uh grant and isaiah are our touring band members and played on the record and yeah it's the that's that's how it has come to pass mm-hmm. um sarah did, did yeah you know? <laughs> um i met cody when i like, m- like graduated from college and moved to the city and like my friend sam who i was living with is friends with someone that cody worked with and they were like looking for a new a new singer for the band and i literally thought i was just going to be like doing harmonies on stage and then it just like <laughs> immediately was like no like let's do like a real thing together. Let's do like the whole, whole thing. And I was like, absolutely, (laughs) let's do it. I loved the music and I loved singing and I really wanted to like write more music. Like I would write alone, but I never like, I wasn't, I'm not much of a, like a producer in that way. So it was, it was like a, a match made in heaven as far as music writing. Yeah. Um, And that was like in 2016, 2017. So it's been a while. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I w- I'm curious about, so there's different levels of self-disclosure with like romantic relationships or friendships. Mm-hmm. And then this category of relationship is very intimate because you have to be able to share a new idea, be vulnerable, mm-hmm. yeah. but you also have to problem solve and work together and like enjoy each other's company because you're going to spend <laughs> a lot of time together. So yeah. do either of you remember and they might be different moments for both of you when you kind of felt like, ah, oh, this is my person to do this with. Yeah. I found them. Um, I think like for me, it was really about just like, I know this is like just from the musical perspective, but just like the way our voices blend mm-hmm. is really, really special, I think. And um, I feel like when we were singing together, it just like felt extremely good. And um I think any any relationship of like writing music, it takes a little while to like find how you're gonna write together. But I think especially for this record, we did did find that and found like mm-hmm. how me, Sarah, and Elias could really write together. And a lot of this record was written on Zoom because it was written during the pandemic, and mm-hmm. we were you know we were just taking a couple hours out of our days every like every week <laughs> yeah. to just like get on Zoom and talk to each other and. Um, it was very, it was like a very vulnerable time and also a very good way of yeah. passing a hard time. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely like when I started, I didn't have as much experience as Cody. And so I was like always very impressed with how like open he was creatively. And so it like really like in the sense of like, I'm going to try something and I literally don't care if it sounds so stupid mm. or so good. <laughs> I'm just going to try something. Mm-hmm. And like that modeled like a really good like environment to be creative in I think Mm -hmm. and also like (laughs) 
when you're writing music, you also like get emotional, I think. And I think there were also like days where I would go to Cody's house and be like, I'm just so sad today. And we like would try writing for 30 minutes and nothing would happen. And so then we would play like video games, just like (laughs) there was like a good balance. Like I feel, and especially like with this album, like this was after we'd always already written a bunch together. So we were way more comfortable in that sense. But, um, I was going through like a really hard breakup and while Cody was like starting to move in with his partner and like, so we were both going through these transitions and like, I remember once we could like finally start seeing people again, we would go to the park and I would literally just like cry sometimes and like try to get out like any words, any lyrics, any ideas that could possibly come out. And like Cody was just a very like easy person to know that like, it's okay if today when we go, I have nothing to give. Like, and (laughs) that made it like uh, really rewarding. And also like, just like the lower pressure of like, we have to finish this right now. Like it wasn't there. It was like, let's do this. It it happens very like naturally over time. So Mm -hmm. um, that was really like, that was why it was, it was the right collaboration for me very special I mean I'm not a creative person I appreciate that you guys are so I can enjoy it but I mean I I'm married and he was he's you know my my puzzle piece puzzle kind of thing but like it's so lame but they always say like when you know you know and I imagine with someone that you have to be like I have a new song idea I'm gonna play it for you You might hate it, but you have to be nice about it. Like that is a very vulnerable place to be in. And to your point, Sarah, if you're having a really emotional day, it helps that they know how to take care of you in those moments. So it's always really beautiful Mm -hmm. to hear people explain that relationship with each other um, from a creative position because I don't have it, but I (laughs) have like glimpses of it in a different structure, I guess. Yeah, totally. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, so I have favorite songs, but Great. I don't want to say them because I don't think I'm allowed to. You can say you them. Can say I, them. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, whatever. Doesn't okay, matter. well, okay, really, this is like, oh, this is such a married person's favorite song, but uh, In the Bad Times. Mm. Nice. <laughs> very sweet song. And honestly, the whole time I was listening to this uh, album, I, this is very corny, but this is, this is, this is honest. I was like, I need more of this music in my life where it makes me feel safe. And it, to your point, Cody, like your voices together do sound so soothing and beautiful. Thank you. And there were times where I was like, you know, shaking my hips. And there were times where I was just like swaying back and forth. And there were times I was rewinding because the lyrics were so beautiful and poetic. Um, I really love it. And I'm so excited that, and you know, in August, everybody will get to hear it. But um, from your perspectives, I know it was written during the pandemic when things were super scary. Yeah. But Mm. is there any song or maybe just the process of a song that sort of reflects that uncertainty of life like I probably could guess but it's I didn't write these songs because some of them feel very happy but like sad 
you know, where it's like yeah. happy, yeah. sad. Yeah, I think that's yeah. definitely the vibe of our music was like <laughs> yeah. happy, sad. And especially the, like that particular song, like it's funny, like I feel like that was such like a pure like collaboration in the sense of like Cody sent me like the idea for the song and he was sort of speaking slight gibberish. And I was like, oh, that's a great lyric that yeah. I heard that I thought he said. And I thought he said, oh, in the bad times, I love you more. Like, yeah, I, I said it in the bad friends. times, but then I said some other weird garbage. That right. <laughs> He's like, in the bad times, do let like, my <laughs> Such a great thought. Yeah. Um, but I, it's just like, oh, like I connect to that. Like when shit goes down, like mm-hmm. that's when I realize, oh my God, I love this person. Like, I, like it was sort of like, an, like it could be, and then we were like, oh, it's like a note to friendship. It's a note to like, yes the person who will be there for you. Um, and, but like in, in terms of the uncertainty, I, I mean, Cody, you can definitely speak to this. There are definitely songs on the album that like fully reflect the COVID moment. Yeah. I think, I think for me, the one that stands out immediately is won't stay gone forever, which is oh. actually the next single that's going to come out in a couple weeks. Um, that <laughs> song um, is, is really like, was like written definitely in one room (laughs) and also definitely written about um, like feeling like New York was gone and also um, intertwining that uh, feeling about New York being gone with the feeling of my grandfather being gone because Mm -hmm. for me my grandfather is really he died a a while ago but his he is like very much New York City to me like I would go into the city with my parents and see my grandparents and they lived you know in Manhattan and he is really, really tied to the city for me. And so it's kind of a song about how those people who you lose and the, you know, places that may feel like they're changed and not the same and can't come back will actually come back. Mm, That's beautiful. Mm. Oh gosh. I'm going to (laughs) cry. I know. I love that. It's like a very, like the songs mean like so much to us. Like we, like I don't know I feel like every single song I like have a million things to say about them like (laughs) they're just like our whole life like it represents like those two years of Mm -hmm. our lives I feel like what do you think you learned about each other as collaborators during COVID um I think um the big thing that happened right before COVID for us and Elias as collaborators is the whole band had just gone on a full U.S. tour, like, in October and put out a record right before, you know, and then it was January, then it was February, and then it was March. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then we, uh, you know, that tour had been such a, you know, learning experience about how to be with each other and for that extended period of time and also how to, like, really be kind to each other and work with each other in a collaborative environment on stage and so we loved how that live band had been sounding and so when it came time to start writing stuff for this new record we just had that you know we had that live experience in mind and Mm -hmm. wanted to translate it and also already had the way we were working there you know and it um we already had that way of working with each other from Mm -hmm that very very long tour (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and um also and then like afterwards like it was like tour then december january covid 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it actually, it really like helped define that time period where you were like, what matters? Like, mm. what yeah. am I going to do with my time that like matters? And like my time was like, like I'm going to FaceTime with Cody and Elias and email back and forth ideas and it it was very like dependable like it it like i feel like it created like this like trusting creative environment that like we it really like filled my days like in a difficult way sometimes in an amazing way sometimes just like it was like it gave purpose to my days i guess yeah it was and reliable so, like, it was like oh i can rely on you mm. cuz like i already like trust these people in terms of like taste and like quality like I wouldn't mm -hmm. be working with them if it weren't like that baseline. So it's like, I just like, just like the trust of like, oh, like even in the, in the bad times, I love you more. You know? like, <laughs> even in the difficult, like, especially in the difficult times, it's like, oh no, like we can still like do something yeah. that's going to like really benefit like our artistic side and like our future right now and we mm. can fill our days and, and they're not going to be like sad meaningless days mm -hmm. like we can still do stuff and that yeah. was like a really nice and like reliable environment to create mm -hmm. and I feel like you know I'm thinking of a very specific thing where it was such a collaborative thing and that it ha and it had to be so collaborative because it was this funny thing where you know me Elias and Sarah were all working in our homes and then Grant and Isaiah were living in the same place and so we were able to get Grant on calls and then we were able to be like, okay, Grant, can you, you know, they have a studio in their apartment at the time. And so we were like, Grant, Isaiah, can you just record all the drums uh, like without us <laughs> and then mm. send them all to us? And then, you know, it was just kind of like, uh, it was the happenstance of it was helpful for writing the record and terrible for um, emotional states, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dear listeners, HelloFresh is here with an incredible offer. If you haven't heard of HelloFresh, it's how you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your front door, AKA skip the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make every home cooked meal fun and easy and affordable. And if you haven't heard, that's why it's America's number one meal kit. I like that you can customize your meals each week. You can swap proteins and sides. You can even add veggie portions to the dish. HelloFresh has pre-portioned ingredients and easy to follow recipe cards, meaning you get those delicious home-cooked meals without prep, without meal planning, without making a grocery list, yada, yada, yada. It comes right to your door. I love each week when it's time to choose my meals. You can see all the photos, descriptions of the meals. You can go through, pick what you're in the mood for. And I have found that I have tried so many new dishes like a seared steak and potatoes with a Bernays sauce. There is a Southwest pork and bean burrito. Really expanding my palate and having fun in the kitchen. I actually enjoy cooking. I really do. It's the meal planning and the acquiring ingredients part that is just sucks up a lot of time. But HelloFresh allows me to just be in the kitchen, put on some music, put on an Adobe, show and just sit back and cook the recipe cards are really easy to follow 
and there are some ingredients here that I would never have cooked with before so it's a really wonderful experience all around but the best part is is that I have an offer for you go to hellofresh.com slash scogs 65 and use code scogs 65 for 65% off plus free shipping that's hellofresh.com slash s-c-o-g-g-s 65 and use code SCOGS65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Enjoy. Have fun cooking again. Thank you, HelloFresh. But the terrible emotional states actually ended up being helpful for the record. Yeah. So. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I had a question that came after I was, you know, just kind of poking around your social media and doing a little of my own self-reflection. Um, my love language is for sure words of affirmation. Like mm-hmm. I need to hear you did a good job or <laughs> I like this food that you cooked for me or I like your hair like that. Like I find validation through someone telling me <laughs> this is like a very clear, good job. Two thumbs up, Sarah. <laughs> and I saw recently that very well-deserved you're getting a lot of wonderful recognition for what's been released so far from this album. Um, So I'm curious about your relationships with validation, Mm. whether you seek it or if it's a wonderful surprise when you get it. Because, I mean, I'm almost 37 years old and I still don't have a grasp on (laughs) validation. So I'm just curious where you guys are with it because you actually put out creative work into the world. Yeah. I'm just a person walking around. So <laughs> if you were open to share, I'd love to hear it. God, um, I have so much to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go first or should I? Sure. I mean, I actually, I mean, Cody has helped me with this. I'm also, I also do comedy and I literally have a show, a comedy show that's called External Validation. Because yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like I also do TikTok and like that's I that's been a crazy like learning experience of like immediate gratification mm-hmm. of external validation of thousands of people telling you how talented you are and it's like you realize like wow a hundred thousand people have told me how awesome and talented I am and that happiness lasted me the first time it happened it lasted me a week the second time three days now like I don't even like feel anything and, and like we get these like I honestly like it's wonderful to get an article and like be in like billboard like it's so cool and like yeah yeah and like obviously like more recognition will allow us to do this more and like more full time and like but I've realized like it only lasts so long like I can't live off of like that one time we were in the New York Times. Like yeah. I remember that day. Yeah. I was on the train and I was like, this is like larger than life. <laughs> like what is going on? And like, do I think about it every day in the morning when I wake up and does it make me happy? Like, no. Like <laughs> I'm so glad it happened. And I, I love like, but ultimately like it's it's I'll never fully learn this deep within my soul, but it's like <laughs> learning that like the process of creating stuff and showing it to people like that's where like the like more long-term joy lives and yeah. like 
like you just have to not- get there <laughs> exactly it's like nothing will give me as much joy as like finishing some of these songs like writing some of these songs and being like oh my god like we made that like that's a piece of art like that's like a long-term sort of joy feeling versus like you know but like still I'm never like you're never gonna always be happy from one piece of validation (laughs) although like my brain is like hardwired now to like want it so it's it's confusing relationship for sure Mm -hmm. yeah I think I think I totally agree with everything Sarah just said and Mm -hmm. also you know I think when you're making records it takes a really long time and then you finish them and you're like sending them to people for a long time and so it was just it has been extremely nice to know that we were not um wrong about it (laughs) (laughs) and to have people confirm that in fact they like the record and like the music that we're making and that it means something to them like the i think validation in terms of like those articles it really really does mean a lot to me in terms of just knowing that people care it's like a sign that people care and i think when you're making art that's one of the things you hope for the most is that people care yeah Mm -hmm. it makes me feel bad for any artist whose legacy didn't spark until after they passed away yeah (laughs) or they weren't appreciated until later Mm -hmm. yeah oh again but it's like then maybe then again like maybe they would have like it would have been the happiness for them for a little bit sure and also it's interesting like um it's interesting just like people who like make it like a little later like in their 30s and stuff like Jack Nicholson has his interview that I was watching with my boyfriend and he he made it like when he was like 33 was like his first like big film before that he was doing like B movies and it's like he's just saying how like he's glad that he didn't like go through that when he was like young and impressionable mm-hmm. and like it's just like cuz like that validation can like make you go crazy also I think <laughs> not crazy but like can make you like you know, do things you wouldn't necessarily do and you like, I don't know, like need things you wouldn't necessarily need. But once like you're like an established adult and like you've done a bunch of artistic projects and like you really care about your work, I think it's like a different relationship with like acknowledgement and validation and fame and like all those things. It's it's a little, it's like you can like handle it better, I think. Yep. I don't have... <laughs> anything <laughs> like that to relate to necessarily but I would imagine that even now as I get closer to 40 what the heck um if I had the internet as a kid looking for validation from my peers at school that also yeah. came with me home oh my goodness my self-esteem yeah. was already wonky but it would have been down the tubes if I (laughs) had to compare myself at a young age without all of the tools and hindsight you get as you just grow up because Mm -hmm. you're more equipped to deal with things and have perspective and I wouldn't trade I would I would much rather be Jack Nicholson yeah in that scenario (laughs) than be you know an amazing child actor that gets lost in the shuffle or has a tragic confusion because they get all that validation so young so that's a really good point yeah Yeah. just being humans trying to figure it out (laughs) yeah um sarah i did see your tiktok 
<laughs> Great. You are hysterical. Thank you. You are so stinking funny. <laughs> and your Elizabeth Holmes had me in stitches. Your Julia Fox. Like, I love impersonations. I grew up watching Saturday Night Live, so I just love it. And TikTok is not a platform I spend a ton of time on. I always poke around when I'm going to interview someone or if I'm working, working with a brand that has a TikTok. But TikTok is full of incredibly talented people. Yeah. Um, Just to sidebar for a second from – the band but like what made you even put put yourself out there on tiktok doing comedy being funny because making people mm. laugh is really hard <laughs> i know i know um well it, it actually like was around the same time we were like writing the album it was like during mid 2020 late 2020 um like i always liked being funny on the internet and like like for my friends and then, like, one day I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take all those videos that I put on my close friend story and I'm going to post them 12 days in a row and I'm going to see what happens. <laughs> and then, like, on, the on like, the 12th or 13th post, like, I had, like, a really viral post. And then I just, like, kept posting stuff. And I started just, like, I, I was, like, doing impressions. I start, The first thing that I was doing was, like, singing impressions. I did, like... Which is actually interesting because when we were on tour, I just remember there was like one show where like we just started singing like Blink-182 over <laughs> one of the songs and like yeah. I was doing like a pop punk voice and then like after we were like sitting in the parking lot and I remember this was like an earlier tour and like uh, one of the guitarists, Peter, was like, can you do like Britney Spears? Can and then Grant was like, can you do Bjork? And I was just like trying all of these like singing impressions <laughs> And, like, making everybody laugh. And I was like, oh, shit, I guess I'm good at this. Um, and then I just did this TikTok where I was, like, doing impressions of singers doing, like, Hamilton auditions. Mm. And it, like, got me so much, like, attention and followers and, like, um, a manager and all this, like, cool stuff. So I, like, started doing, like, live comedy. And um, I, actually, I actually got a... I did like an SNL showcase this year, which was really cool. Um, wow. I didn't get a screen test or anything, but it was, it was really cool to like even be seen by like those people and just know that I'm like, just honestly, I just enjoy working on impressions. I think it's such mm -hmm. an interesting like art form and like, it's just like, it's the voice is a muscle and it's like the face is a muscle and it's like, can I stretch myself to be as, accurate as possible but also be funny at the same time it's like it's just like a challenge for me and like um I don't know it's just like I like doing it so um, <laughs> it's been really fun it's been a great addition well to today life. through your music you you made me cry a little bit and then through your TikTok you made me laugh so. oh great <laughs> I'm so glad I got the whole spectrum of emotions yes. for you thank um, you and then, Cody, I wanted to ask you about uh, Union for Musicians and Allied Workers. I nice. learned so much on that Instagram <laughs> page today. Yeah. Um, so could you share with our listeners uh, what that union is and how you play a role in it? Yeah. Um, so that's actually something that me and about 20 other musicians started kind of pretty much in the very beginning of the pandemic over Zoom. We 
you know, realize that it was kind of the impetus of it was that we were not going to be initially in line for unemployment benefits as gig workers. And we were talking about how we don't get any benefits and gig workers in general get kind of screwed and musicians consistently get screwed. And there's no real way of fixing that besides mm -hmm. organizing. Um, so yeah, we, we came up with this idea to start a new musicians union. There is the AFM, but at this point it really mostly caters to, um, Broadway musicians and, um, you know, session musicians who are doing like orchestral work, things like that. And most, you know, people in bands are not affiliated with any, any union. Um, and so, yeah, we've run a bunch of different campaigns through that, um, targeted at, you know, changing the streaming environment, changing, um, you know, whether people get whether artists are supposed to give venues merch cuts when they go on tour, even though they made all of the merch. Um, there's a lot of issues that, you know, we're fighting, fighting for and trying to, you know, change musicians' lives for the better. I learned about the merchandise thing, gosh, it was maybe like the end of last year. Yeah. Because as a fan, I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. it's, it's bad that I don't know what's yeah. going on. But, you know, you pay like 30 bucks for a ticket and then I always make a point to buy something at the merch yeah. stand, whether it's like an album, which sucks because you have to hold it all night. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, or a shirt or something. And I or just like go by and leave a tip for the person running the merch stand, whatever. Yeah. But it never occurred to me that you have to share that because like that's your little shop. I never. Yeah. It's not all venues that do that, but. They're especially a, a lot of a lot of bigger venues do ha take merch cuts, um, and there's been you know arguments that have been also like my good friend Clyde Lawrence who has a band Lawrence recently um, testified in front of Congress partially because he wrote this article this op-ed in the New York Times about this whole issue of merch cuts and why and also like the extended issue of what you know, what bands are actually getting paid versus mm -hmm. like what all the fees are and what all the other costs are associated with running the venue that may or may not be real costs or whatever it is, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's definitely an issue. And he makes the very good point that if, you know, if the venue's getting merch cuts, why wouldn't the band get parts of the auxiliary sales of the venue in terms of like bar, bartending and all that stuff? Like you should be getting part of their revenue if they're getting part of yours exactly i i could not believe that that was i just again i apologize for the 20 something years i was going to concerts and i mean how would you didn't know, know. <laughs> how would anyone know it's like so it's like such a backdoor kind of you know how would anyone know i know but i of every show the band should just announce by the way by the way <laughs> here's a pie this show there's no merch cuts so buy stuff <laughs> Yeah. I just I have always tried so hard in my career to empower musicians because I need you guys so bad like my life mm. would be terrible without music to mm. not be able to mm. sing along or listen to a song that changes my perspective on something or like unlocks mm. a feeling that I didn't even realize mm. I had I would be screwed so <laughs> I always tried to be such an aware fan to empower the things that I love in like the most supportive way. 
And then I went to this page and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's worse than I thought. Yeah. So, yeah. Good, good on you guys for putting this all together because it's very easy to understand um, and you can just learn so, so much. So I appreciate your efforts and I hope that in 10 years, we don't even have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> so cool. That'd be amazing. That yes. <laughs> okay. Well, outside of your beautiful music and um, your two extra special side projects, I guess, that you <laughs> spend a lot of time on, um, I would love to play a game to get to know each of you better. Great. Um, this love is games. called Overshare. Okay. So I have 179 questions. What? They are uh, funny. Some are thoughtful. Some are just like, we. it's like maybe questions you would ask on like a first, second, or third date. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you're each going to get to choose a number and we'll you'll okay. answer the question that coincides with the question. We're not going to answer 179. I know. Yeah, I was, we're like, like, I was like, um, okay, and we've got about 17 hours. <laughs> I hope you canceled your plans for the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Cody, if you could please choose a number, one through 179. 94. 94. <clears throat> Just a classic number. Classic number. Okay. What is one thing that you cannot live without? Hmm. And I know that we can't live without food and air and yada yada. <laughs> yeah, boring, boring, boring. Um, food and air. Um, I. Great question. I I feel like I will say, um, my dog Moon. <gasps> yeah. Wait, Cody, you have a dog named Moon? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a dog named Moon. What? No way. No way. That's Are you crazy. Serious? Yeah, I'm very serious. Cody, I can't live without her either. Oh. <laughs> Do you know that Moon is our album cover? Yeah, actually. Moon's our album cover. Oh, is that the dog running through the snow? Yeah. Oh my god. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so crazy. Can you tell me about Moon? Moon oh. is the best. Moon, Moon is, is literally the sweetest angel. Yeah. She's a cattle dog mix. She's um She's, you know, very energetic when she wants to be and then yeah. can just chill the hell out. So she's great. She's like shy at first, but once she like knows you and can like knows your smell, she's like gentle and fun and sort of light on her feet. Oh, <laughs> great. She will Wait. sit on your lap, Wait even a though minute. she's almost 60 pounds. Mm -hmm. Good girl, Moon. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, how old is Moon? Moon is four now. Four now. Oh my gosh. Yes. She's beautiful. I just yeah. see her frolicking in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you name her Moon? Yeah, me and my partner named her. Oh moon. my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so my Moon came with the name Moon. She's a oh, rescue. Really? Ours she... was named Fleetwood at the rescue, and oh. me and Felicia were like, that's not the name. Especially <laughs> for a musician, like you can't just like name your dog Fleetwood. No. <laughs> oh gosh. How did you land on Moon? Um, you know. <laughs> She, oh, well, one of the reasons we named her Moon was because we thought it would be fun to say goodnight, Moon. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. The puns are for days. You take her on a moonwalk? <laughs> I mean, it was so funny when you just said, how did you land on Moon? It's like, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like right to the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so after she has dinner, she's a full moon. <laughs> you take her for moonwalks. When they curl up in a little ball, she's in a cinnamon roll. Oh, Aww. my God. 
Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe you have a pup named Moon and she's That's on crazy. your album cover. That is yeah. just Oh she's gosh. Okay, so Cody, I'm going to steal your answer. I also cannot live without Moon. That dog mm. changed my life. Love oh, her. Yes. What she's kind a... of dog is your Moon? So my Moon is a Jindo. Oh, um, nice. She's a rescue from the meat trade. Yes, uh, that's what I was going to ask. Yes. So she's um she's a little timid. She's a little nervous. She doesn't trust everybody immediately, so she kind of hides behind me. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, but once you sit down and you just ignore her and she feels like she's ready, she'll go up and she'll sniff you. And she is beautiful. Yeah. Jindos so are really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, she had a really tough go of it, though. She got bounced around nobody wanted her and then mm-hmm. i rescued her she's my first dog i've ever had mm-hmm. oh i'm sorry i could talk about her all this whole time i'm so sorry sarah i would no, love to no. i'm i love dogs i'm a big dog person so okay well the moons i can't believe there's another dog named moon <laughs> this is the best okay cody thank you okay sorry i'm like oh, i'm very emotional now okay. <laughs> sarah what can't yeah. you live without oh um Honestly, it's right now in my life, the New York Times crossword. It just yes. is a really important part of my day. Mm-hmm. And, Me too. Um, it's like, it's just, it's just so important to me. It's just really important to me. Nice. Yeah. Do you do the Wordle? I do the Wordle. I do the crossword. I do the spelling bee. I also do the Sudoku. I do the, um, I do um, the acrostic and the cryptic. I'm oh like gosh. big puzzle person like I can't live without puzzles in general mm-hmm. like the best day the best time of my week is when the well this happen like the, they only do the acrostic like every two weeks maybe three weeks sometimes so like when the acrostic comes out like <laughs> that's gonna be a couple hours for me <laughs> that's gonna be like the day so. well as a is it is it proper to say you're a comedian like do you identify mm. with comedian yeah yeah I, i'm a comedian as well. and yeah. as songwriter words are mm-hmm. that's your jam yes words mm. are my thing i love words <laughs> playing with words singing with words <laughs> writing with words you, you could do a lot we could keep going yeah uh, yeah great vocab lesson um mm-hmm. sarah would you like to choose a number one through 179 yeah, I'm feeling uh, 17. Just spoke to me. 17. Yeah. Oh, okay. Favorite concert experience. And maybe because you play concerts, we would say as a viewer of the concert. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> totally. My own concert is my favorite concert. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anything um, come to mind? God, there are so many good ones i mean when i was younger when i was in high school i went to like a sufjan stevens concert that was like amazing i forget which album it was for but it was just like he's just such a weird interesting guy and it was like which was which it was like sort of like electronic age of ads yes it was really fun it was just like and it was i also remember it so fondly because it was like one of my earlier concerts because i was like not i think i might have I don't know if I was even old enough to be there because, like, I was, like, in early, mid-high school or something. But um, I just remember being, like, I'm in the city alone with my friend and we're going to see this musician that we really like. And um, 
he's just like obviously prolific so it was amazing. really cool yeah amazing cody anything come to mind yeah um there was this sh- do you know the book this band could be your life yes um there was a sh- anniversary show of that book which is like about all these yes. seminal punk bands and it was at Bowery Ballroom, and it was a bunch of indie bands playing all of those, like, covering punk, punk bands. Oh, and I think it was, like, fun. Dirty Projectors covered Black Flag, but they just played Black Flag straight, even though they have a record that is literally a cover of Black Flag. <laughs> um, there was, like, Dan Deacon did Butthole Surfers. There was, uh, I think, St. Vincent also played. I think You Can Gas. Um, oh. It was a really, that show was, like, really, really cool. Amazing. Um, that book made me think of another book wow. that I read in, I think I read it in college. Um, Nothing Feels Good. Do you remember that book? No, I don't, I don't know if I read That it. one, he only wrote, Andy Greenwald like works for Grantland and The Ringer and whatever, like he's gone on to do other things, but he wrote a book and at the time in 2005, this book was like the greatest book I'd ever read. <laughs> and he basically profiled like all of the like emo pop punk bands that I was just obsessed with. (laughs) And a lot of it is about like dashboard confessional when he was really young. And my gosh, that book to me was just like the coolest book. And then someone's like, if you love that book, have you read this book? (laughs) And I was like, what's this one? (laughs) And I lent it to someone and I don't know if she still has it, but it's gone forever. It's gone now, but I haven't thought about that. It's gone forever though. You know, my gosh, that's cool they did a show. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And Barry Ballroom is like my favorite New York venue, so. Yeah. Okay, so the last thing we do is y'all give advice. Advice. So oh this God. is called asking for a friend. Okay. And the question is actually very simple, but I guess in the context of how we think about this question, there might be some pointers you could share with our listener. Okay. They're looking for advice on how to say no. Mm. (laughs) How to say no effectively, maybe how to say no and like not be a pushover and how not to people please maybe is kind of what Mm. they're getting at. Yeah. Um, I have one idea about that, which Mm. is I think like writing down a set of what your boundaries are Mm. is a really helpful way of knowing what you actually feel comfortable doing for people and like maybe being like okay well um you know evaluate maybe I know this sounds a little insane but like thinking about your interactions with some of your friends who you know you don't say no to enough Mm -hmm. and just maybe like occasionally being like I don't want to hang out today Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um in fact I'm going to stay at home because that's what I need Mm -hmm. like Mm. like one of those little charts where it's like is it this or this if it's no then you follow this way and then that's what you say yeah I like that wow Sarah any advice I mean I'm pretty I mean I go through phases of being good and bad at this um but yeah same I think just like like realize like really getting in touch with like what actually makes you happy mm-hmm. and yeah. like what actually and like let's say something makes you happy because it'll make someone else happy that's that doesn't really count like what really actually is going to make you feel 
best, like just getting in touch with that and like practicing saying no with people you feel safe with too. Like, Mm. like really close friends that like know you have this problem and it's like literally tell me no every day. Like I remember I actually, my friend had this problem and I, I said, I said to them, I was like, we were on a trip together and I was like, I need you to say no to me three times today. <laughs> so they would like buy me breakfast, get me things, like do everything that I wanted to do. And I'm like, no, you're going to tell me no three times every day. Mm. And I think they got a lot better at saying no, actually. So that's um, wonderful. You just need like a safe person to say no to, to start. Mm-hmm. Mm. Gosh, you're both so thoughtful. No, that oh, was thanks. wonderful. Thank you. Um, well, we're at the end of our time together, but I do oh. want to give you a chance to make sure that everybody knows where to stream or download or mm-hmm. purchase whatever you need us to do. So the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, we are called Stolen Jars. All of our music, if you just search Stolen Jars on any of the things you listen to, Spotify, Apple Music, any of the things, Tidal, it'll be there, you know? So go go listen. Mm-hmm. And the and album we have shows coming up. Should yeah. We oh, shows. Um, we haven't announced any shows. Oh. <laughs> um, but <laughs> we there may be a show announced. Um, soon. Um, I really dropped the ball there. <laughs> no, there's there'll, there'll be a show announced. The album also is technically not announced yet. Okay. So we but we have things to keep an eye on. Yes. On your socials. Yes. Yes. There will there will be. The album's not announced yet, but there will be multiple more singles and there will be an album coming. <laughs> yes. And if I could make a recommendation, the moment you're done listening to this, go listen to somewhere else. That oh. would be what I would suggest. Um, and then yeah. you'll just fall into a trap after that. So that's what I would do if I were you, mm. listener. Um, this has been wonderful. Thank you yeah. so much. Congratulations and all the good stuff. Thank, thank you. you. This was so fun. Yes. Thank you. And say hi to Moon for me. I will. You said it. Bye, guys. <laughs>